WXDX-FM, Pittsburgh. So James Harrison had some things to say today. He was on a, a show that's called Undisputed on a network that's called FS1, for those of you among the billions who've never seen this thing. And basically, what he did on this show with, uh, what's the dude's name? Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp is that he answered questions. He answered one question in particular, and that is, and this was a fair question. Who's the better head coach, Bill Belichick or Mike Tomlin? And that is absolutely a fair thing to ask. You have a guy on who's played for both of them. That's not a very long list of people. Uh, it, it's absolutely a fair thing to ask. However, if you're James Harrison, you had all kinds of ways that you could have answered it that would have been a whole lot more dignified than what I'm about to read. Here's his his response. First, he just answers flat out that Belichick's the better coach. He says, Belichick. Then he says, Mike Tomlin is good as a head coach. He's a player's coach. I think he needs to be a little bit more disciplined. The big thing with Belichick is he's very regimented. He's disciplined. Everyone is going to be on the same page. There's not going to be anything as far as someone doing their own thing. I think over there, meaning New England, their whole coaching staff is like that. Tomlin gets asked, I'm sorry, Harrison gets asked how Tomlin could upgrade his discipline. And he responds, Just being more consistent across the board with everything, from your stars to your special teams players. And then Harrison makes the point, man, I've seen Tom Brady running to a meeting scared to be late. What do you think of those remarks coming from that particular individual? 412-333-9939? I'll hear you out. I'll listen to what you have to say. But I'm going to preface, before we even get to your, your calls, with my thoughts on this. You can't claim to want discipline and fair treatment between veterans and younger players when you're one of the primary problems in that room. In two senses. One, Harrison made a fool of himself in that room more than once last season with unprofessional conduct. Some of you have heard about it and read about it. It was off the record, but it managed to to squeeze its way out, as most things do. He made a fool of himself in there. He was the one who was the hardest to deal with. I'm not talking about for reporters. I'm talking about for rookies, for younger players. Why do you think so many of them piped up? Why do you think Bud Dupree piped up after Harrison left? He was part of the problem. The leadership wasn't coming from him. Secondly, the discipline In any professional sports locker room, and I'm going to be repeating this a lot this hour, so get used to it, comes from within. Always, always, always. If I had Troy Polamalu, Aaron Smith, James Ferrier, 
and Alan Fanica sitting here with me right now. First of all, we need a couple more chairs. If I had them in here right now, they would agree with me 1,000% passionately. They'd be pounding their fists on the table that the leadership comes from within, that you take care of your own business as it comes to discipline. They would also agree that James Harrison was one of those people who couldn't handle any discipline. He is the last person on planet Earth who should have been complaining about his head coach not installing discipline in there. Wayne, in the car. You're on 105.9 The X. What's going on, Wayne? Hey, just calling in to ask about uh, your knowledge of other teams. Not just the Steelers, not just the Patriots, but... Do other teams have problems like the Steelers, or are most other teams more like the Patriots, and they get stepped on uh, quite a bit to keep them in line? Here's, I don't know. Here's, here's how this works. and, and the, the Patriots have built up this aura that they are completely immune to any discipline issues, never mind that one of their players murdered somebody. <laughs> I mean, really, how does that never get attached to them? How did, how we, the, how did the mystique... The Belichick mystique survive Aaron Hernandez. I, I, I never, I never get that one. Like we never or, mention it. Or Albert, how about Albert Hainsworth? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> here's here's the reason that the Patriots have been effective at this is that they have the same discipline issues that everyone else does. They take care of them internally. They take care of them internally, and I've heard players talk about this. Uh, for years, a lot of the credit for that goes to Tom Brady and goes to the leadership that they've had over the years, whether it's Rodney Harrison, uh, other guys that they've had, particularly on defense, who have really, really stood up and taken care of things in-house. You ask about what other NFL teams, uh, what they're like as it relates to discipline, it's not just the NFL, it's all of them. It's all the teams in Pittsburgh. It's the Penguins. It's the Pirates. They all have issues. They take care of them in-house. They take care of them because they have a leadership structure within their locker rooms that knows how to deal with these things. I know, in general, fans really roll their eyes about leadership stuff, uh, especially when, let's say, someone like Sean Rodriguez comes along and he's batting a buck fifty. And you go, wow, get rid of this guy. Why is he around, Mr. Leader? He's not doing anything. It's because they're around to take care of stuff like this because it can't be done from the Clint Hurdle, Mike Tomlin, Mike Sullivan level all the time. It just can't. Josh in Ford City, you're on 105.9 The X. You there, Josh? Yeah, I'm here. Go ahead. Uh, You know, I kind of see where our Harris is coming from. Because when you look back on all the problems with A.B., like the Facebook Live in the locker room, uh-huh. showing up late for the autograph signing, and then uh, leaving 45 minutes early. And Paul Molu was quoted as saying a couple years back, you know, that when he looks around that locker room, all he sees is a bunch of little boys. Okay, let me, tell, let, me tell you, let me tell you a couple of things specifically to what you brought up here. I was up there when A.B. had his Facebook Live episode, Okay. A.B. was hidden to all but three or four people who could see him doing this. I was one of them, okay? The players couldn't see him doing it 
almost all of them were in the other area when he was being like this. Okay? So there's nothing in the moment they can... It's live. There's nothing in the moment they can do. Was it dealt with afterward? Yes. By all accounts, it was dealt with rather significantly and harshly by some of the leaders in there, not least of whom was Ramon Foster. Okay? That has not a thing to do with Mike Tomlin. Nothing. What do you want him to do? Bench Antonio Brown? You just can't do it. You can't. That's not fair to everybody else on the team. Uh, what else did you mention? Something about an autograph session? Yeah. Which one? I don't even know what that is. It was uh, sometime two years or uh, two seasons ago. Okay, but listen to what you're talking about here. You think this has something to do with them winning and losing? Do you think that has something to do with Jacksonville? I mean, this stuff, this narrative, we just we latch on to these things and go, this must be it, instead of just saying, look, if you want to talk about something that's exceptionally boring here, Javon Hargrave had a lower back injury and Stefan Tuitt had a torn biceps. The Jaguars were really smart and ran up the middle of the line, and they did it so hard and so often that Blake Bortles actually looked like a decent quarterback because he was able to effectively use the play action. You know what that is? That's lousy talk radio. Yeah. I mean, really, that's what that is. No one wants to listen to a show where they just break down what I just did. It's so much more fun to talk about Facebook Live and whatever else here because it's just it's narrative. It's narrative crap. Let's go to Sean in Sheridan. You're on 105.9 The X. 412-333-9939 is the number to call if you want to join in. Go ahead, Sean. Are you there, Sean? No, Sean has just become a dial tone. Let's go to Andy in the car. You're on 105.9 X, Andy. Hey, what's going on? I I can't disagree with Harrison. He's right. About what? And the discipline. You say that the coaching staff, all they can do is present a front, basically, of what they expect, and the players are supposed to follow it, right? Where, where do you think the discipline comes from in any professional sports locker room? Well, you said earlier it starts from the top. They no, can set no, the example, no, but no, no. They can set the example, but it's up to the players to enforce it. The players, are, the players enforce it. That is okay. correct. Well, then you have coaches that go on the south side after a game and get in trouble. What's that? That's you, setting the example for the team. You had one coach do that. Yeah. Right. And he's still there, isn't he? He still is, and that shouldn't you have happened. Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown on the field taking penalty after penalty for excessive celebration, and what was ever done about that? Nothing. You got Bell that got busted with blunt or weed. He's suspended. And then what you do, cry about his contract. He needs to make $14 million a year. He's not worth it. Where do you think Where do you think that this discipline thing with the Steelers, uh, assuming that it's anywhere near at the level that you're describing, because you've already stretched back two or three years to try to lump everything into one, where do you think this ranks in the Steelers' problems, and how did it contribute to them losing to Jacksonville? Oh, they have a lot of problems. Believe me. I mean, when you have your star running back that doesn't show up for the walkthrough. Again, what ha- where does it rank on their problems, and how did it contribute to them losing to Jacksonville? The top three. Top three. You, think you, you, you would put that as top three. Where would you rank, for example, Leonard Fournette running up the middle of the line repeatedly? Was that a discipline yeah. issue? That was a defense issue. That's right. why I said the top three. I right. How about Ben throwing a couple of picks early on in the game? Uh, was that because Joey Porter got busted outside the Southside Bar? No. Okay. You're right. Ben threw a couple picks. You're right. I, I, all I'm saying is that we have taken team. we have taken these things and attached them all to each other like this big ball of yarn, 
and said, look at this thing. This is what I'm mad about. This is the problem. It's not. It's nothing of the kind. There, there, there weren't discipline issues in that Jacksonville game. There were not discipline issues that led to that Jacksonville game. Le'Veon Bell showing up, whatever, a few minutes late uh, for the Saturday walkthrough, he shouldn't have done it. Did it have anything at all to do with them losing the game? Well, it sets the example for the rest of the team, too. Did it have anything at all to do with losing the game, or is it just a social media slash talk show narrative pile of crap? It could have something to do with them losing the game. I don't know. It doesn't. If you don't know, then it's not anywhere near the top three issue that you just described it because you do know what the other issues were related to Jacksonville. That team, with all these epic discipline problems, went 13-3. and three. Okay. Well, here, that epic, you know, that dis- discipline issues that they don't have a problem with, how about this one? The fact that that team was so undisciplined, they overlooked Jacksonville, looking towards New England. You think they overlooked Jacksonville? Yes, I do. That's the that's the deepest you can go with your analysis of that particular How can football you say game. They did it? When you got players coming out saying they're going to get uh, New they're going to beat New England this time. You had Before Mike Mitchell say game. again, isolated incident. You had Mike Mitchell say one stupid thing to a guy three weeks before. That had nothing to do with Jacksonville. That that an interview took place three weeks before when they didn't even know they were playing Jacksonville. I'm getting irritated, Jack and Carnegie. You're on 105.9 X. Go ahead, Jack. Did I lose Jack? I think so. Let's go to let's go to James. Who's? Oh, he is. Go ahead, Jack. Go ahead. Easy, easy. Okay. I, I'm not, this this really bothers me. I you know what, what? I'll tell you what upsets me. And this this goes for my writing too. When I start writing columns about things that are blown up misperceptions. I get really agitated. I would. I always prefer to go to core issues. If you want to talk to me about, uh, for example, with the Pirates, about you know Gregory Polanco didn't run it out from third base to home or something like that, you want to get into narratives, you want to get into hurdles, lineups, I'm not interested. You want to get into core issues, things that are really, really wrong with the Pittsburgh Baseball Club, I'm all ears. You want to you want to talk about discipline and other crap from isolated collected incidents just because they get talked a ton about on on talk radio and social media? I'm not interested. It just because it doesn't rank in their top 1,000 issues. But the floor is yours, Jack. I'm being calm now. Okay. Well, look, a few things. I think that <laughs> you can be right, uh, and and so could a couple of the other callers. Look, um, discipline starts. Uh, at the top, discipline's enforced in the locker room. Agree with all those statements. Harrison, the worst of the worst. The worst. Agree with that. Okay? Could it be, though, that Belichick is actually a better coach? And the answer is, yeah. I didn't disagree okay? with that. that. I didn't disagree with that at all. Harrison doesn't mean I, I care, you know, a whole lot about where he is in the future. No, I don't really care about James Harrison at this point. Now, though the, there's been some, some bombastic things thrown out on all sides. Look, Tom Brady was livid years ago when they got rid of Randy Moss, okay? But Tom Brady didn't enforce that decision. That was Belichick, right? Okay. Okay. Um, it starts at the top. There seems to be little leaks in the ship, if you will, at times. It's not enough to sink it. 
Okay. It's just but not an. It, it could be improved on. That's if, all I'm saying. If anybody wanted to have a conversation about why they lost to Jacksonville, actually, no, you know what? Let's do that. that. Let's do that. We're gonna. I'm gonna take a break here. I appreciate the call. We have three of you on the line. Please stay on. I will get to all three of you in the order in which you called. The number to join in is four one two three 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 nine nine three nine. I'm Dan Kovacevic filling in for Mark Madden, and you're listening to one zero five nine the X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, big fan, big fan. Well, I'm not sure. It's just big and it's soft and I use a bunch of pillows and I snore. The X at 105.9. In an interview with FS1, James Harrison compared Bill Belichick to Mike Tomlin and basically knocked Tomlin for a lack of discipline with his special teams and star players and the difference between those two. And he said various other things that sounded as if he was like, you know, just someone calling into a talk show. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DKPittsburghSports.com, filling in for Mark Madden today and tomorrow. I'm going to get really annoyed in this segment. I, I just... I'm I'm looking at the call list here. I, Bob's laughing over there. This is not going to go well. Jacob in Washington, PA. You're on 105.9 The X. Hey, how's it going? Hi, Jacob. Uh, hey, I. everyone always blames the defense for why we lost that game. Well, they it, did give up 45 points. It's hard to like stop somebody whenever they start at the 20-yard line every time. I blame Todd Haley completely. But I believe there was a fourth down that we went for, it, and there was a quick pitch. Yeah, it was all, it was horrible. It, mm-hmm. it was, it was terrible play calling. Horrible. You, no imagination. When you compare the imagination of the Steelers' offense to what Nathaniel Hackett was doing for Jacksonville that day, I mean, they, the Jaguars just had every rhythm going. You know, especially in the first half. Mm-hmm. If you get, if you let them start on the, our side of the field every single time, the twenty to thirty yard line. They're going to score. Where do you rank the Steelers' discipline and silliness like Facebook Live and rapping and everything else? Where do you rank that among the reasons why they lost to the Jaguars? I don't, I don't see it related at all. No, it's because it's not. It's not. I love you, Jacob. Jacob, just listen to this. Se- listen to the rest of this segment. I love your call. Listen to what's coming. James on the Liberty Bridge. You're on 105.9 The X. How's it going, DK? Hi, James. Uh, first off, I'd like to say I've always been a big fan of your commentary uh, when you filled in for Mark and or uh, Ben. Uh, well, I appreciate uh, that, but uh, we'd appreciate even more if you subscribe to the site. Are you on the site yet? Uh, I don't know how to read. I'm just kidding, but dude, no, uh, I don't really. <laughs> it's DK I'll, Pittsburgh Sport it. DK Pittsburgh Sports dot com. We'd love to have you. The app is free. I will pull up. I will pull up the website for the first time ever. Today. Don't do it while you're driving. Go ahead. Tell me what's Not on your I'm mind. Driving. What's on your mind? So. So my thought here is, is um, you know, secondarily related to the idea of discipline. And my, my idea here is uh, also quite related to uh, when you work for a company, what would you consider company culture? And I think that when people are, are speaking against the Steelers' level of discipline, I think that they're not merely trying to discuss, well, he did X so he should be punished with why I think it's, I think it's more accurately broadly um, a criticism of company culture. 
Now, an example would be the Antonio Brown Facebook thing. Yes, that didn't cause the Jacksonville loss in and of itself, but wouldn't it, you it say that the, all, reaction, okay. the reaction to it, I don't think was uh, necessarily indicative of a, 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 a team that values discipline. They were furious given, with given him. That they were furious they were fewer, with him. They were furious with him, but then in the off season, they offered him the largest contract right. that's ever been given to a wide receiver. Because right? so that's how you keep the best wide receiver in the league. I, right, so isolated incident, not directly related. Now, a counterpoint to that is the best linebacker that the Patriots had uh-huh. was Jamie Collins. And he got a little too big for his britches. And he got relegated to the shadow realm. Yeah, but again, you're listen to how far you're reaching here. I mean, you're I'm you're not, all I'm, over the place here. They lost to but, Jacksonville because Javon Hargrave had a bad back and Stefan Tuid had a torn biceps and Leonard Fournette ran right up the gut and Tyler Matakavich couldn't block him because his shoulder was blown or couldn't tackle him because his shoulder was blown out and Ryan Shazier wasn't out there because you know and and this is what right. happened in the Jacksonville game. There doesn't but need to be some sexy dramatic narrative attached to every no, single thing. And I don't think it, I don't think there's anything traumatic about it. All, there all isn't. Kinda, all I'm there really isn't. Is that is the fact that the the company culture the company really, culture really values the company culture strong powerful players. The and company so culture when you, when you all of your eggs in one basket went thirteen and three. They went thirteen and three. That's your company culture. It's superior to everyone else in that division and to most teams in the AFC. Really, there's, there's not, there's, this is insane. The lengths to which people will go to to attach this thing is the primary element. I, I, it just blows my mind. John and Bell Vernon, you're on 105.9 X. Go ahead, John. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm animated. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's my reason for discipline with the Jacksonville game, that you have Mike Mitchell standing on their side of the locker room, yelling, this is going to hurt when you get hit. They all do that. Everybody does that on every team. And I understand. All that that happened there was that it became public. Do you think he fired up the Jaguars? Do you think that that was a factor? Oh, I guarantee you that. Okay, so then then what you're saying when you make that statement implies that the Jaguars would not have otherwise been fired up for a playoff game. They would have been fired up for a playoff game. So then it's not a factor. Yes, it is. It's not. Do you think that there's going to be that little sense in your mind that you have somebody on that defense yelling, I'm going to hit you, it's going to hurt. But they're all yelling that all the time. I mean, this is, there's, we take these little things and we roll them up into one big nasty ball and say, aha, we have our narrative. We have found it. That's not, I mean, that's just a little piece. And I mean, I it is just a little piece. It's a nothing piece. It meant nothing. It meant nothing. I just stay on the line. When we come back, we have Chris Carter from DKPittsburghSports.com in here. He's going to join us in this conversation, and it will be spirited. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. I'm Dan Kovacevic. I'm actually having way more fun than what it might sound like. 
filling in for Mark Madden here on 105.9 X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Double M, what's going on? He's a gangster. Yes, I need your advice, super genius. You're an ass, you're an ass, you're an ass. The X at 105.9. Dan Kovacevic of DKPittsburghSports.com filling in for Mark Madden today and tomorrow. And I'm joined here in studio now by Chris Carter, who is our Steelers slash NFL analyst. What's up, man? How's it going? Hi, Carter. What's going on, Dan? I'm fired up, Carter. I hear I hear you, man. I, I walked in the studio and you were like, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that happens. Yeah, I understand that. People do that to me, too. It's It's frustrating. Just a little. And we're talking, of course, about the reaction to James Harrison's mm. really, for the most part, innocuous remarks uh, comparing Bill Belichick to Mike Tomlin uh, and feeding off really the lowest common denominator and suggesting yeah. that Tomlin and his his teams lack discipline. Mm. Uh, where does I, I'll ask you the same question I've asked some callers because I already I I know how you feel about this particular issue, but specifically as a guy who studies films, uh, breaks down strategies, uh, players' individual performances for our site. When you hear someone say that they lost because of something that Mike Mitchell said three weeks before the game, yes. Where's your head? I think that people look for stories that they can understand and because football is such a complex game that has so many moving parts at every moment of the game that people reach for these storylines that, oh, I can grasp that, you know, Mike Mitchell called these guys out and therefore that's definitely the reason that they lost X, they lost the game X, Y, and Z. Or I just, I just blank it. I blame the coaches and that's an easy way to, to look at it and just say, let's move on from that because I didn't like the result of that game. I mean, the, 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 it's not like you can look at the Jacksonville game. Mm-hmm. There are some football games, you're right, it's really complex. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, I'm not really 100% sure. Even you and I have had uh, debates between yeah. ourselves as it relates to, for example, Sean Davis's coverage of Rob Gronkowski. Right. Uh, we ended well, up. I don't on, disagree with you on that. I, you know, I was just going to say, we <laughs> ended up on the same page as far as whether or not Davis mm-hmm. did a good job, which yeah. he did. Yes. Uh, we ended up disagreeing on how or if they should have chipped Gronk at the line yeah, or yeah, double covered story. him in, in the coverage and things like that. Sometimes there are gray areas. The Jacksonville game offered no gray areas. It was plain as day what was happening, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, there were several problems that they had. Uh, one, the defense, they just they they struggled to have any continuity after Ryan Shazier got hurt. They tried all these different things, and and I and pulled I, Sean Spence in I mean, off the street. I mean, literally, Sean Spence was on a couch for eight weeks, yeah, and then just starting right right then yeah. and there. And I mean, the, Sean Spence, the reason they brought him in was because he knew how to work a three four scheme. He had been on the team under Dick LeBeau and I mean he was a huge reason why they got their first interception of Tom Brady in more than a decade because he was able to jump down on a check down that Tom Brady had in that game those type of moments he's able to contribute to but you want a guy that's going to fill a gap and make sure that a fullback can't push me out of the hole or come up and tackle Leonard Fournette and and force that play or also cover a guy and stop Blake Bortles from scrambling there just aren't that many players around LJ Fort did it once or twice in that in that Jaguars game but you have to you have to pay those guys guys to be consistent and LJ Fort's not that guy. Sean Spence isn't that guy. Now when people talk about discipline, yes. They're almost always focused on, you know, Facebook Live, somebody tweeting something, uh, Levy on rapping, 
as if somehow rapping is a lack of discipline, right? As opposed to just you know music. Mm-hmm. They'll talk about stuff like that when you watch the team, and seriously, like I don't even think I've ever asked you this question before. Sure. But when you watch this team on film and you study them, there are different definitions to the word discipline. Is it a disciplined team? Are they where they're supposed to be? Do they follow their assignments well? And again, not 100% of the time, but compared to the other NFL teams that you're studying in the process. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is that there's times where the biggest breakdowns you see, especially with this team, because they remember, people got to remember, a lot of these guys are very young. They're trying to make their mark. Uh, like I'll take I'll go back to the Bears game for example. Yep. They did a really good job shutting down a lot of things where Bears were trying to do until late in the game because if people people forget the defense gave the offense several opportunities in the fourth quarter to put the game away. Yes, they, they just did. Didn't put any points in the board. And then finally the Bears did get they, something going and, offensively and, on and, the ground. And, and and one thing that I noted in Carter's classroom on DK Pittsburgh Sports is look at this guy over pursuing. Look at that they were started to try to do too much late in the game because they realized the offense isn't putting points up on the board. We got to do something and that's when those mistakes happen. I think that's where those breakdowns happen, but it's not like oh they didn't They're not study. prepared. Right, yeah. These guys come in, they know what teams are doing. Like I talked to Sh- Ryan Shazier, that man Knows everything, everything. Every, like when I, I talked to him about how he intercepted uh, the, the the Colts game when he when he picked it off when it was going to Jack Doyle. He said, "Well, Bud rushed in my lane by accident, and so I realized my blitz wouldn't work. <laughs> so I just said, well, Jack, Jack Doyle gets the most targets on this team. I found him, ran to him, ball came to him, I picked it off, and that's happening within like two point eight seconds. Yeah, and like, yeah. You know, with people flying around him. That and it's not just Shazier. Vince Williams is very smart. Cam Hayward's very smart. A lot of these, these guys, guys think the game at another level, and yes. they don't." get any credit for it because they get labeled or painted by the actions of one or two dummies right exactly legit dummies yeah and 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 that's the part that's one of the the many things that upsets me about this whole narrative about Mm. oh it's discipline yeah yeah discipline i know yeah i know it's it's frustrating that's why i was the way i was when you walked (laughs) in here today Dayon looked like he was going to throw a chair at me. I was like, "Whoa, what did I do, buddy?" I was just going to use it to hold a parking space outside. <laughs> that was that, there. You go. That's the Pittsburgh. Chris Carter of DKPittsburghSports.com is my guest in here. Carter, as you look ahead to training camp, if we're allowed to talk about anything other than the Steelers' discipline issues here, <laughs> give me some reason because you just you just lit the fire here with me again now with with Shazier and yeah. mentioning Vince Williams. Give me some reason to believe in inside linebacker. Oh, John year. John Bostic is is a good player. He's not even starting, Carter. What, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Everyone has to remember the situation of inside linebacker was a desperate spot. We just they just they're like let's let's just throw out a body. That's really what they did okay. with, with Sean Spencer. Why is Matikavich listed as their starter and he performed as their starter in minicamp? Why? Because they're trying because he's the one that knows the system the he most. He knows the system. And that's and that and that's that's the most important thing the Steelers have always placed. If you know our system, I don't we're gonna care. I, I, I we're, want him we're to tackle. Push. Right, and you want him to tackle. Now here's the thing. Matikavich, because he's he's been with the team for two years now, they're going to say, we're going to give you a shot. But best believe, that's a contest. Bostic is going to come ready, and he's going to challenge Matikavich. Will he beat him out? I think he will. Just because Bostic, I think, is an underrated player, and he's bounced around the league because teams have loved his athleticism, mm-hmm. but they've needed other pieces. And, and another question, am I being unfair 
to Matikavich, considering that Matikavich told all of us mm. in OTAs and minicamp that he had a very badly injured shoulder through most of the season. I mean, to be fair, he's also a, an extremely young player. He was in his second year. He's a seventh round draft pick. I, I, I'm, I, when I talk about Matikavich, I simply say, okay, this is as far as if, if you grade him as a starting linebacker, these are the things you have to say. But all things considered, I don't think he's in a horrible position right now. I think that he can be a backup, but he right now he has not shown me as a person who watches the tape that he can be a consistent 3-4 starting Mac or Buck linebacker that you're going to count on to win those plays. You have to chime in on the, the real issue. What's the real issue? Of the day. What is the real issue of the day? Um, if... The Steelers don't have Le'Veon Bell for any, you know, portion of time. And yeah. I, I actually think he will be there for I Cleveland. Will, yeah. However, if they don't, who on this team can replace him? I know the answer to that is nobody. Right. But, but beyond that... I mean, well, did you I, see anything that you liked about James Conner other than the occasional sweep? I mean, there wasn't much to to see. They didn't give him as many shots as I think that he needed to establish himself. I think that he's in good running back shape, and that's going to be the biggest thing: is can he now develop that chemistry with the offensive line to be able to trust where they're going to be? Because that's the other thing about about a hard runner is that sometimes you're assigned a hole, but like Le'Veon Bell, we know that he's just like I'm going to pick the hole that that, that I see and that I know is developing, and it takes time for 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 most backs to develop that. And James Conner. He needs to work with the line more he to develop to get that back chemistry. to the inside. Yeah, and that's another thing is and and that's it's, what it's, I, right. that's the part that stands out for me about James. And I know he's actually lost weight since since last season, which I'm not mm-hmm. crazy about. I, I want to see James Conner from his sophomore year at Pitt, you know, where he was blowing guys off the ball, right? You know, and, but we also have to remember that was that was ACC football, of course, compared to NFL I, football. I, I understand and, he was going to have a size advantage. Yeah. Well, can we take one call? We're going to do that. Lamont at the airport has a call. Uh, and he can ask it of both me and Carter. Lamont, you're on 105.9 The X. Uh, hey, how you doing, DK? How you doing, Carter? What's up, man? Um, hey. my, my thing is I was just uh, calling to agree with you. Like, I don't believe that the uh, the disciplinary problems uh, had to do anything with the Jacksonville loss. It came down to they just weren't prepared for what Jacksonville was coming in to do. I wanted us to play the Bills instead of Jacksonville because I saw that would have been a better matchup for us to actually win as opposed to us losing early on in the season like we did. I hear you. So th- here's my here's my thing, Lamont. And thank you for calling. With 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 the whole preparation thing, they knew what the Jaguars were going to try to do. But honestly, the defensive front was just unable to beat that Jaguars physically. offensive line physically. They were getting pushed off the ball. And there's some days that that happens. And the Jaguars, well, especially when two of the guys are. Are hurt. Are hurt. Yeah, like like yeah. Stephon Tewitt and Javon Hargrave were notably injured for you know for, for late in the season, and it showed really big against a really good Jaguars offensive line. I think that's a factor that many people overlook, and that's not about preparation. That's not about oh, uh, Tomlin should have drawn some more X's and O's on the board and figured that out with like a lot of people no, think. Because your only solution tactically would have been something personnel wise, which would have been to put. You know, Tyson Alulu and, and and Big Dan McCullers yeah. out there for the first time, literally yeah, all, all season. season. Right, he played twice. You just can't do it. Yeah, I mean they that that was the hand that they were dealt. Give Nathaniel Hackett, in particular, the offensive coordinator mm-hmm. and the Jaguars. Uh, credit for their game plan for exploiting the Steelers' weakness and really, really just pounding it. Oh yeah, you know? they did. They did their job. 
Christopher Carter covers the Steelers and the NFL for DKPittsburghSports.com. Yes, We're very proud of that, actually. I'm proud of it. Who are you telling? <laughs> when we come back, we're going to do our Mike with Bob segment with producer Bob McLaughlin. You're listening to 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Finishing his checks, causing a constant commotion. Hey, Mr. Madden, how you doing? Sometimes I'm so damn dumb, I wouldn't take a phone call from me. The X at 105.9. Welcome back to the Mark Madden Show. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DKPittsburghSports.com. Filling in for Mark today and tomorrow, and it's now time, always, on Mark's show for the Mike with Bob segment with producer Bob McLaughlin. It's sponsored by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956. And, Bob, <laughs> there's no question what we're talking about today, right? <laughs> I know. I know. No surprise today. No, none at James all. Harrison made the remarks that he made uh, comparing Mike Tomlin to Bill Belichick, they weren't nasty. They weren't really, you know, denigrating of Tomlin, but they, they you know, he he did roll the bus over at least once. Right, and let's let's look at what we're dealing with here. This is Pittsburgh, where Tomlin, Belichick, they're both nuclear options. Yes, when you're talking conversations here, and it's funny because I, I sat in here and a couple of times you did mention me watching uh, you, and I was giggling over here through the glass because. I could see the frustration of the callers and I could see the frustration of you on either end because there are good points. Yes. There are valid points on either side of this argument. And here's my point. James Harrison was right in the fact that he experienced both of these things. He has a unique vantage point where he took what he knew from being under coach Mike Tomlin, under coach Bill Belichick. He simply stated Bill Belichick is the better coach. I think if you would poll Steeler Nation... With what has happened in the last 15 years or throughout Bill Belichick's NFL career. He wins by a landslide. He wins. And should. I mean, you've heard conversations here, valid conversations. Is he one of the best coaches of all time? Yes. He's been at the top people who cover this sport and make a lot of money covering this sport. And if that's where Harrison leaves his remark, so be it. Exactly. But then he has to throw in this stuff about... Uh, you know, discipline and treating star players the same as special teams guys, when in fact he demanded his own special treatment. He he was the least disciplined among them in that regard in terms of some of his behavior, and he's just the last guy that should have been making this remark. Right, but again, that doesn't disqualify what he said. If that's what he thinks and he has seen both teams in action, how you discipline or how you deal with the players on a day-by-day basis, yeah, uh, he, you know, Seven to ten years, however long it's been, Steeler fans have had that argument that Mike Tomlin, this, the Steelers as a whole, need to be more disciplinary with the, dealing with their players. Now, it kind the, the conversation got skewed down to just the Jacksonville game. So let's take the Jacksonville game out of it. Let's look at the history of Mike Tomlin mm-hmm. and things that people have talked about or written about or called this show about in the last five, seven, ten years. Discipline is one of those top topics oh it's the top topic and isn't it exactly and okay. it's not so much because of the little things that you've been going nuts on with uh some of the callers because and i see the frustrations because it's facebook live, the facebook live stuff yeah. it's you know different silly other things. stuff it's silly stuff my point on why there absolutely needs to be more discipline in the steelers and that i've had this discussion and been on the caller side is because it has to do with on the field for a long time and had to do with the post touchdown celebrations where, right. you know what, you'd be at a press conference and you'd say, oh, we're not that kind of team, we'll deal with that. 
Next game, you see two more. That's a a fair topic. And then, you know, same things. You're talking about late hits. You're talking about, DK, you tell me. You probably know the stats better. Well, Last year, penalties were, amount of penalties. Except that they ended up with the ninth fewest in the NFL. So a lot of that is, you're right. right. So a a lot of of that is perception, but yeah. Wasn't there one with like 18 to 20 penalties last year? I think there were 230 plus yards. Right, but that right. feeds the narrative. It of feeds disi- the narrative. Of discipline on the field. Right, Let's but they ended the up other... with the ninth fewest out of 32 teams. So. Right, because they got it together. They got it together. And kudos to Mike Tomlin and staff for that. Because and the they, leaders in the locker room. And the leaders in the locker room, which is what I was going to say. You made the strong point about a lot of it comes from leaders in the locker room. Mark has made the same point. Again, people who cover the NFL, people who cover the Steelers, year in, year out, have made that same point. Mm-hmm. You don't have Brett Kiesel's there anymore. Nope. Paul Amalu's name was mentioned. Aaron James Smith, Ferry, Alan Fanica. Alan Fanica. Yep. Yeah, all those guys. Um, so a lot of the points on both sides were valid. I would like to see the Steelers be more disciplined on the field this year. Mm-hmm. I think that that starts with Mike Tomlin. He sets the tone. But you're right. It is enacted daily in oh, the locker room. It It is. It's also just so blown out of proportion. It, no, in out, a way it is. But it just is. When it's What did Cam Hayward call last year? A load of crap or a piece, bunch of crap? Yeah, there, there were a lot of things that guys were legitimately upset about. But mostly, you know, again, they come down, it comes down to the fact that they were a 13-3 and team that got spanked in one game. But that's, and again... We're kind of looking at only last year, right. whereas this discipline word has been hanging around the Steelers for a lot longer than that yeah, it, for different reasons. It, it has. It has, and there have been a lot of reasons for right. that. It's funny because that's as soon as I saw that tweet today where Harrison said that, it wasn't so much how the people in this building would react. It's how your diehard Steeler fans yep. We're going to react. It was red meat. It, it was red Absolutely. meat. Absolutely. And we're going to read it. it in the water. We're going to read it right after this 30-second break. That was our uh, Mike with Bob segment with producer Bob McLaughlin. It's sponsored by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956. Again, 30 seconds, and we're taking your calls at 412-333-9939. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DKPittsburghSports.com, filling in for Mark Madden on 105.9 The X. 